You may be seated. John's gospel speaks of rebirth and new life. Both are required to enter God's kingdom. New life is received through God's gift of the Son. Listen to the words of the Lord from John 3, 1 through 17. And I will be reading from the Revised Standard Version. I don't know what's up there, but I will be reading from the New Revised Standard Version. And throughout my message, I will be referring to several scripture texts, and they will mostly be from the New Revised Standard Version. Now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, We know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Jesus answered him, Verily, truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, How can anyone be born after grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be ashamed that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Very truly I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen. Yet do you do not receive our testimony? If I have told you about earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Let us pray. God, you call us into the silent night of renewal. May we, like Nicodemus, be renewed in your loving spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have you ever received a gift from someone that became a special treasure? A treasure that became so special to you that you didn't want to give it up? It may have been something that a friend made for you that became an important part of your life 
because they made it out of love. Well, I like to bake bread. But, you know, I give it to people, but, you know, they can't keep it like a treasure because if they did, what would happen? It would mold and you'd have to throw it out. But I do make the bread when I bake it out of love for a person or persons that I gave it to. There's a little loaf of bread over there on the communion table, and when I knew I was coming here today, and I baked bread last week, I said I was going to bake this little loaf of bread for you people today, but you can't eat it, I'm sorry. (laughs) But I just wanted you to let you know that it was special, that you allowed me to come here today and share with you. Well, God gave us a special gift in his son, Jesus the Christ. A gift that means grace, love, and peace in our lives. It is not a gift that the world gives. It's a gift that we must treasure, treasure deep within our inner spirit, our inner being. Then it becomes real and wonderful in our lives. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. That's a verse we all know, John 3.16. But why is it so often we humans fear if we give our lives to the Lord, we will lose all that chance to do whatever we want? Why do we do that? We fear we can't go out and um, maybe do things that Jesus wouldn't like. I'm sure I see you shaking your head out there. But, but you know, if we really give our lives to Christ, we will have greater joy than we can ever imagine. A joy that flows out of us, and it becomes joy for others as well. There is so much hate and backbiting that tears us apart. Instead of enjoying the beauty of God's creation in land and sea and in each individual, we separate ourselves. But I'm glad to see all you here. This is really wonderful to see a great bunch of people here. In my church where I'm part of, there's only 18 usually on Sunday. And it's such a joy to see so many gathered in the house of the Lord. But you know, if you can't come, you can call in on Zoom and still be a part of that joy. Matthew 12, 30, we read these words, Whoever is not with me is against me. Whoever does not gather with me scatters. And I fear That is what is happening in our world. When we do not gather together to be renewed in God's word each week, either by joining in the house of God or calling in, we become a scattered people without any sense of direction in our lives. Think about that. Is that what's happening in our world today.
Oh, we might say, I'm doing just fine the way I am. I believe our country is in great turmoil because so many have turned away from the church and the spiritual strength they gain by feeding on God's word and sharing with others. We do need to come together. We do need to come and touch each other with God's love. Lift up one another. It is so important in our world today that we do this. And we should never be ashamed to share with others what the Lord has done in our lives. Remember what Paul said in 2 Timothy? Did you listen when it was read earlier? Do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord. 2 Timothy 1.8 Many times we are timid and fearful. We might say the wrong things. In reality, all we have to do is carry a smile. I see some smiles out there. Carry a smile and say one, maybe three little words. God loves you. And if we see someone with a heavy burden, all we have to do is just go up and help them. A smile and the three little words make a difference may make a great difference in their lives and also in your own life. I know it has happened to me many times. I remember one time I was at Walmart struggling with a large bag of birdseed. Well, I could have got a small one, but, you know, I like to get a big one so it lasts longer. But here I was struggling with that big bag of, I can't remember how much it weighed, but it was a big bag. I was struggling with it, trying to get it into the back of my car. A young woman saw me struggling with with it, and so she came over to assist. After we got in the car, I thanked her with a smile and said, God be with you today. She said, thank you so much. I needed to hear those words. I just lost my grandma who was very important in my life. She supported me and taught me many things. I said to her, remember, her loving spirit is with you always, just as the Lord's spirit will give you peace and comfort. Upon leaving, the young woman said, thank you for those words. They have given me much peace. And God be with you also. See, we never know how a kind word can change a person's life. Maybe it is in that very moment you just shared those three words. God loves you. We are saved by faith in God's grace. And and in Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, we hear these words. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Not the results of works so that no one may boast. For we are, we are what he has made us. Created in Christ Jesus for good works. Which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. 
also in Ephesians 5, 1 and 2. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and live in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. In 2 Corinthians 2.15, God thinks of us as perfume that brings Christ to everyone. Did you ever think that you're a special perfume? When you know that Christ is in your life, did you know that you give off a special perfume? Did you ever think about that? A perfume of love is what it is. Recently, I found a neat quote by Adam Hamilton, a United Methodist pastor from Kansas. Adam said, and I quote, One metaphor useful in describing God's work in life of a Christian is that of restoring old cars. And my son likes to work on cars. So I kind of understand. The church is God's salvage yard, and he sees what we could do. Our task is to invite him in to restore us as we do Little by little, he strips it down to the bare metal and then begins perfectly restoring us, unquote. There are times when we feel we have lost some passion and longing to be holy as God is holy. When we become content to only be partially restored, We lose that desire to do all God would like us to do. The restoration job of a car is no different than the restoration of our Christian life. Our spiritual life must be restored every day. So we are alive in his love and become a joyous witness in the world. As we travel life's journey, there are times we may go through great storms. Sometimes storms in our life may often play a part in great revival of our faith. There are times in these past two years when I feel that the great storms or despair that we are going through may bring about a revival. That is my prayer, that it will bring about a revival of a stronger faith. I know it has for me. I believe we have to be open to what God can do in and through us. We cannot stand by and let everything go to a pot. When we come to our last days on this earth and we are at heaven's gate, the Lord may ask us, tell me, what did you do in your 20 years, 50 years, 80 years to show forth love in the world? Storms shaped my life to become who I am today. 
The first storm was when I found out that my daughter at age two was born with a heart defect and would eventually need open heart surgery, which she did at age seven. She is now 52. During that storm, I learned to trust in God and to God's will for my life and also in her life. It was through that journey I felt called the Lord to become an ordained minister in United Methodist Church. That was also indeed a special kind of storm in a sense of journeying with the Lord through eight years of education after the age of 37. You know, that was really tough. During that long journey of walking with the Lord and relying on the Lord's strength to get me through those years of studying and being a pastor in five churches, I would always feel the Lord leading me to the passage from Jeremiah. For surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for harm, to give you a future with a hope. Then when you call upon me, And come and pray to me. I will hear you. When you search for me, you will find me if you seek me with all your heart. Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13. It was two years ago this past March when everything was shut down because of the pandemic. That was when the Lord led me to use the gifts he had given me to bring hope to a despairing world. It was during that time of despair I began writing prayer poems and colored drawings and sent them out on my smartphone. Many people would text me back and say, your prayer and drawings lifted me up today. When we truly truly claim the Lord Jesus in our lives, we can be used in many ways to bring honor and glory to him. November 20, 21, the Lord led me back to my joy of painting. I did several paintings. I took pictures of them and sent them on my phone to a few people. As you can see, somebody wanted to buy one, and I won't let you have them (laughs) because they're all gifts that I made for dear friends who have supported me over the years. But I don't know if you can notice from way back there, I have put sunbursts in all those paintings. And the reason why I did that, that was to express, I felt the Lord was telling me, I need to put something in to help people know that God's love is always shining down on us. So that's why I put the sunburst in the paintings. On January 26th, the Lord led me to do this painting. The stained glass window is to give you the feeling of a stained glass window. But you know, it was originally a pencil drawing that I did in college 38 years ago at Ashland University. 
At the time I created the drawing, I was also taking a class on Christian theologians. I was influenced by the Greek word for compassionate love, agape. That is why the word agape is in the center of the painting. God's compassionate love came down to earth in Jesus Christ. I placed the word agape in the form of a cross and painted it red, depicting Christ dying on the cross, shedding his lifeblood for the whole world. And from back, way back there, you probably can't tell, but I made the center A of the word agape to look like a dove, depicting the dove of peace ascending into the world, bringing peace if we accept his love. A stained glass window is made from colored glass that is cut in different shapes to create the design. And I'm sure there are times when the glass is being cut, it breaks into pieces and probably is discarded. I believe God takes the broken pieces of our lives and creates something beautiful and wonderful. That is one of the reasons why I made all different shapes and sizes of colored glass in the painting. I have some little ones and some big ones, all different sizes. I wanted that to depict the brokenness that sometimes is in our lives. Please take note of the brightness in the center of the painting that leads upward. I put that in the painting depicting that God's love is always shining down, just like my first paintings. No matter how difficult life seems to be, God is always in our midst with his loving care. You will notice that I hid symbols throughout the painting, the nativity, and from way back you might not be able to see them. The nativity, palm branches, the chalice, bread, the Christmas rose, Christ being our Christmas rose. The symbols are to remind us of the wonderful gift of God's love and that we need to commune with our Lord and Savior every day. In Psalm 42, 1 and 2, we hear these words, As a deer longs for flowing streams, so my soul longs for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. May we thirst for the knowledge and understanding that comes only from communion with our Lord and Savior. I pray you have received a blessing from this painting. And may the theme of the painting remain a part of your life and inner spirit. I use the upper room for my daily devotions every day. In February, when the Lord led me to prepare a message to go with my painting, there was one on the importance of love from 1 John 4. I felt it so depicted what I wanted to express in my message. I would like to share it with you this morning. And I will be reading from the contemporary English version. My dear friends, we must love each other. Love comes from God, 
and when we love each other, it shows that we have been given new life. We are now God's children, and we know him. God showed his love for us when he sent his only son into the world to give us life. Real love isn't our love for God, but his love for us. God sent his son to be the sacrifice by which our sins are forgiven. Dear friends, since God loved us this much, we must love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us, and his love is truly in our hearts. 1 John 4, 7 through 15. 38 years ago, when I began my ministry as a pastor, I began writing in a journal prayer poems, and that's why my book is called my conversation with God. And I had not planned on it becoming a published book. It was just the way I talked to the Lord all the time. But many people asked me to make it into a book. There has been times when I am struggling with things that is happening in my life, and in those moments, I feel the Lord speaking to my inner spirit. Write down what you are feeling. Sometimes it happens in the middle of the night or times when I'm working on a project. Whenever I feel the call of the Lord in my inner spirit, as if I cannot rest or put it aside until I write down the words the Lord places in my heart. Then and only then do I sense the peace of the Lord in my life. January 14th, while working on the painting, God's Gift of Love, there in the purple. And before I felt led to do the stained glass, the Lord led me to write a prayer poem. And it's not in the book, I'm sorry to tell you. Which I would like to share with you as my closing prayer. And as I read it, I would like you to close your eyes, listen to the words, and meditate on them. Oh, Lord God, you sent your gift of love into the world to bring hope and peace. But yet, Lord, we have not accepted that joy which brings peace and contentment. Lord God, why do we humans keep struggling for control, wanting our own way? Lord God, many times one group of people shouts, what we say is truth and the only way. Another group shouts, we are the truth and the only way. Lord, instead of bringing unity... It brings disunity. Lord God, I can almost feel your tears of sadness as you look down on your creation, seeing the pain we cast on one another. Lord God, I can hear you say, come to me. It matters not who you are. It makes no difference how you come. 
You were created by me, and I love you with an unending love. Today, Lord, I just felt like crying out to you. As I was creating on canvas the inspiration you gave me, God's gift of love, I felt led by you to write down the struggles that I see around me every day. Lord, I know I am not perfect. I am trying to walk closer to you every day, hoping to be an instrument of your grace, hope, and love. Thank you, Lord, for drawing close to me with your loving spirit during my anguish of soul. It is during these moments of talking to you from my inner spirit and writing down the words that come to my heart, I feel renewed in your love. I can once again face each new day, sharing your love with others. Thank you, Lord, for letting me bounce off my struggles. Now guide me on my way as I journey with you. Amen. Pardon? I messed up the order.